Earlier today, Megyn Kelly apologized for comments she had made defending blackface Halloween costumes as long as the person was portraying a character. A character, you know, like my Halloween costume. A Botox-laden, beach-blonde airhead who inexplicably has a law degree. (laughs) Rosie O'Donnell announced that she is engaged to her 33-year-old girlfriend. Well, you know what they say. The couple that infuriates Donald Trump together stays together. Transgender rights activists are protesting over a Trump administration proposal that would roll back protections for transgender people. They're the group currently protesting outside the White House. No, the other group. No, not that group. The the other group. That group. Yeah, the one right there. That one. That's the one. one? Yeah, that one right over there. Sears has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. Great. Well, now where am I going to get my replacement parts for my VCR and my Bob Vila weed whacker? <laughs> and finally, Mitch McConnell was confronted by a small group of diners at a restaurant in Louisville, Kentucky. This is ridiculous. Why can't politicians attempting to derail democracy just eat in peace? The Trump Report starts now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz <laughs> Oh, that's right. We have some Arabian Nights here. Welcome to the evening, the night of 1001 Arabian Lies. Yes, so many different ways to uh, cover up that story uh, in the week since the last episode of the Trump Report. I am indeed Christian Black, uh, joined as always by Chelsea Galicia. Hello. And Tamara Brown. Go Dodgers. Wait a minute. All right. Now, th- that's pandering. We uh, are supposed to be right down Is the that middle. Hate speech? And uh, that sounds like hate speech. We're going to need to apologize. There are some of our most loyal viewers are probably Red Sox Snowflake fans. Snowflake Red Sox they're, fans. They're definitely triggered at the moment. And you know what? It's funny that you say that because I was going to apologize. There were, were some jokes in the top of the show that probably quantify as hate speech. So my apologies. But anyway. Uh, Thank you for joining us, and thanks to the whole gang for, uh, well, I was going to say manning the fort while I was gone, but uh, I, since it's just the two of you are here for personing the fort, mm. thank you so much for doing that. Absolutely. Uh, it was a very was enjoyable show, even if uh, somebody in the chat disagreed. But that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> that's it's why fine. we're here. That's why we're for here. For engagement, not uh, just for agreement. One of the topics that you had on the show was the, uh, the disappearance the mysterious disappearance of, you know, it sounds, it's almost like a, a Hardy Boys mystery. The disappearance of the Arabian reporter. The Saudi Arabian, uh, I guess he was, a, he's still a citizen of there, but he was a resident of the United States. And, uh, you know, uh, you go into the consulate in Turkey, you figure everything's going to be all right. You got your wife waiting outside and they tell her like, no, 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 he left out the back. I mean, there's everything in this story in the week since you were able to talk about it is there's there's disguises planned for a lookalike so that they could be seen on video entering out the back. There's the report you you did mention, Chelsea, that there was a bone saw in the room, which, you know, a fist fight broke out. And before you know it, we were using the bone saw. Um it the hate interest- when that happens. Yeah, right, me too. Uh, We've got a bone saw in here. I mean, who yeah. doesn't have a bone saw? Well, I've got a bone saw. Just, You've got you get a bone saw. Just don't ask the cover story for where Scott is right now. But anyway, uh, so obviously there have been a lot of different explanations coming out, um, and uh, President Trump, as most look, this is this is a fairly uh, bipartisan thing. You stand by your man when it's the Saudis just because of, uh, you know, you feel like, well, you got to have a friend. Yeah, 
Speaking of Aladdin, you ain't never had a friend like me. And you know what? The Crown Prince has never had a friend like Donald Trump. Who's like? Are we well, sponsored by Disney now? We should be, by the way. Uh, <laughs> what's the, the uh, Disney play uh, available on your televisions next year? Look, anybody who wants to sponsor the show. Disney wishes they could acquire After Buzz. That is a lucrative deal I mean, they want to get it, in on. You know, just think about what the topics that we would have, you know. This would be a very magical moment. But in any case, the, uh, you know, President Trump is first is like, well, you know, he told me. So that's sort of his his go to. Putin told me that nothing happened in the the election. So I believe him. Well, Crown Prince says nothing happened. So I believe him. Uh, but then it seemed like there was a little bit more, you know, on, on his side of the aisle, which is not really an aisle. It's just sort of like, you know, the festival seating where it's just everybody's just kind of standing around. General and I think admission. Trump's, yeah, it's definitely general admission. Trump's not really on an aisle. You know, he's on an island, perhaps. It's just him and Kanye. But uh, the, you know, I think there were enough Republicans who were like, yeah, I don't think I don't think I like this story. So then immediately, well, not immediately. This takes like three days. President Trump's like, there were lies and there were deceptions. And then the question then becomes, Chelsea, was he talking about the crown prince or was he just talking about, you know, that day, earlier that morning for himself. I think it's similar to after the Parkland shooting when he's like, I don't care what the NRI says. I'm going to ban bump stocks. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Then in the end, not much has changed, although he said that things are on their way. So I think he might admit, yes, the Saudis did it, and all the way at the top they knew it was happening, or it was per their orders. And yet there's too much money at stake for us. We want to... um, maintain our alliance so that we can control Iran and, um, you know, and the oil. The oil, of course. The it, oil. Yeah, I mean, you could have started and ended with the oil. There's, you know, look, the other stuff, it's like, it's some nice change selling arms to the Saudis, but really, it, it's, it's the oil. And I think it's the only way that you're able to, you know, say that a country is one of our dearest friends when you're like, oh, and hey, women, well, they can't drive yet, but they're going to be able to drive in a few months. Like, so really, they're really trying. They're, you know, that's like that's like your friend who's in recovery, and it's like, look, he hasn't had a drink in like three days. Come See, on. See, here is where I, I kind of wish, and this is kind of a weird way to say it, in this area is where I wish Trump would be a little bit more nationalist, as in let's do our own energy, and that doesn't mean more fracking. That means let's harness the power of the energy in the United States so that we can fuel ourselves and be not reliant on these kinds of regimes. I mean, I am for globalism in that we work together, we sell, we trade, that kind of thing. But when it means that we have to literally like be in bed with murderous regimes, I am just not cool with that. I would rather figure out a way for us to take care of our energy needs ourselves. And I don't I don't see why the Trump administration isn't on board with that when that could mean so many more jobs. And what they claim is the reason that we can't do away with the arms deals is because it would hurt so many jobs from Boeing and Lockheed and uh, whoever else has all these contracts. Well, I think it's a very nationalist approach in the one sense that President Trump insists on being bribed in American currency. He has no use. Don't bribe him in euros, you know, if you want him to say something nice about the crown prince. Uh, Tamara, you hear all this talk about a country like Saudi Arabia. And uh, we've kind of gone through all these reasons why, you know, they're they're really somehow like one of our nearest and dearest friends. Uh, Does that just say how much everybody else in that part of the world just really hates us <laughs> i mean except for israel but. and everywhere else in the world really hates us i have to say i um 
I agree with uh, the, with Chelsea about why don't we, I mean, can we, I personally would prefer to uh, be in bed with a murderous uh, wind farm baron rather than an oil baron. Why don't we just get on that board? Um what was the question? <laughs> uh, just the fact that they, you know, they really are the the Saudis. You know, look, I mean, they have a crown prince, they have a king. That right there, you know, I mean, sure, England is a good friend of ours, but I would say that at this point, their royal family has less influence than the Kardashians. I don't know that Prince Charles could get someone pardoned, but you know, Kim Kardashian prince, sure can. The, the British royal family would have more influence if they had any sort of resource that we needed. The way that the Saudi Arabian oil. What about smugness? Or do you think we have enough smugness? We probably don't need it. They give us a bountiful resource (laughs) of um, photos of Meghan Markle, and Mm, that that is a resource that one could argue is equally valuable (laughs) as oil in this country. The resource of tabloid fodder and baby photos and ideas for um, baptism out gowns and hats and things like that. That resource certainly is better for the environment than Saudi Arabia's resource. But, um, oh, God, what a mess. I, I Can you imagine? Has Have either of you ever been to the Middle East anywhere? Nope. The only and I, and I know the answer is no. I've been to Morocco, which I understand is Africa, but I mean it's <laughs> it's a Muslim country, so that's like that's as far as I ever did. And uh, you know, even that, I was like, oh wow, that this is this is not like you know you take a, you take a little ferry from Spain to get to Morocco, and it's like oh, getting on that boat is a lot different than getting off of it. So I, I don't even wait. But, p- explain. Oh, I mean, I was I I went with a with a woman, and you know she wasn't uh, covered, so uh, oh, yeah. yeah, and yeah, so so did that mean you just had to turn around and go back, or you no had to go no no no? But something. you just realized that uh, there's uh, you know it was like 115 degrees or 120. I don't know because they well, they have that made up Celsius nonsense there, so I don't really know how hot I haven't it was. been I just there. Sweating. I haven't been there either, but I've had a lot of friends who have and, and have told me a lot of things about it and it strikes me as such an interesting region because of the fact that on one hand it is so extremely conservative in that way but also on the other hand so extremely lavish and just like to me sounds like another planet as far as just you know Rolls Royce everywhere and um like malls just look every every single mall looks like a crystal palace and you know things like that, where it's it's just it, I I can't even it, imagine. It sounds what, to me like you're describing La Jolla. You know, it's a whole country. Is that what La Jolla is like? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's very lavish. There's malls everywhere, and every car is a BMW. Uh, in any case, uh, so uh, R. Scott Brown in the chat says the royal family cornered the corgi market. That's yes, it. And I just had to get that in there. And hello to Bryce Blackwell, who's also in the chat. And of course, star, storage yard resident, who is our real number one fan. Someone else pretends to be our number one fan, but we know storage yard residents are real. Uh, so, and we'll move on from this in a moment. But uh, ultimately, Chelsea, and I'll ask you the same question, Tim. Do you think that there there will be, like, real sanctions or repercussions against the Saudis? I... Hope so. Really okay. hope so. I don't know if this is me being way too optimistic again, but I am seeing bipartisan support for sanctions. Um, and dear God, I hope so. If this is the first thing that Congress does that's over Trump's head, it w- 
Well, I, I think you should rephrase that. that because over Trump's head would be things that he doesn't understand. So I would say that it's the majority of things in there. Sidestepping that, that, Trump. Yeah, they're, they're going behind his back. Yeah, exactly. Go. Thank you for Ugh, the proper analogy. No, stop naming body parts of his. Um, Look, I didn't say anything that resembled a mushroom. Yes, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Um, I was going to say, oh, uh, I don't think that uh, they're going to get any sort of repercussions because not while Trump is in office, because he I said this last week, the same thing with um, meeting with Kim, Kim Jong Un, North Korea. There's a contract amongst world leaders to behave a certain way when a country um, violates, you know, extreme violations of, of human rights and things we like this. We have a Magnitsky Act. We have something in place that's supposed to be used on leaders that violate human rights. And this is one of those occasions. So we, it's not like this would be the first time that we would have to do something of this nature. It's just that are we ready to deal with the consequences that might be against our favor, as in pay more for oil? Uh, and nope, and we will not do that. We will not do that. Uh, mm. Tamara, you'll uh, sort of appreciate this a headline that I need to cram in here, basically just so I can go on record and just tell a really easy joke that uh, makes me laugh in my head while I think I'm about on the it. Edge of my seat. Uh, President <laughs> Trump has said that the Saudi handling of the Khashoggi killing is quote the worst cover up ever. Uh, of course, it is the second worst cover up ever, second only to whatever that thing is on his head. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you. You know, I wanted to move on. See, now if we had moved on, then I w- it would have really, you know, ate at you. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I really shouldn't go back for. It. I would have anyway. That's the beauty <laughs> of it. Uh, anyway, let's know what you think in the chat. Uh, I do think that there will be some strongly worded statements against Saudi Arabia, but they're from they're Trump. Well, no, I well, it depends because if. If he, because I, I think he wouldn't have even gone as far as he had if it wasn't, you know, whoever his handlers are. I mean, it's not Steve Bannon anymore. I, I have no idea who he listens to. It's not Jared Kushner. I really don't know who he listens to. It's probably Ivanka, if I had to guess. But just the, uh, you know, the, well, you probably should say something different about uh, about the Crown Prince. You know, uh, so I think he he will say say more. Um, but uh, the the direct quote from President Trump. They had a very bad original concept. It was carried out poorly, and the cover-up was one of the worst in the history of cover-up. So only President Trump uh, can go on record and tell you how your organized kidnapping and murder of, uh, you know, an American resident, not citizen, but an American resident, uh, only he's really criticizing that. Real it's quick. like you, the, the murder was really badly done. You know, if Trump had handled the murder, uh, this is him oh, saying yeah. Trump in the third person. He'd be like, if Trump had done it, you'd never would have found him. Believe me. What were you going to say, Tamara? Uh, not to, I know we want to move on from this, but I mean, don't how, really how, want is, to, but how we should. is this different from the uh, Russian um, uh, spy that was poisoned in, in Britain? I, I don't see it as, as different at all, really. I mean, it's this, I mean, okay, so this is much more elaborate. But this is also a journalist, which sure, is, yeah, okay. So that, but in terms of carrying it out, it seems like you had more people involved. It was much more organized. You had to have the consulate in Turkey in on it. You know, you're hearing, and, and you know, look, a lot of it can be hearsay. You're hearing reports that people were told, like, yeah, you can stay home from work today. You know, because they were like, get a little messy in the conference room. Don't ask. <gasps> I'm exaggerating the messy in the conference room oh part. Don't. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they, I, people were told to stay home, though. You know, or allegedly. I think that, that is that the big difference. The the that it is a journalist that that is a, a yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and then, you know, you you have to wonder because now the I feel like the Turkish president, he has to he has to really kind of throw his weight around and be like, oh, my God, we need answers. But you also feel like, well, there's probably a, a memo somewhere. And I assume he has a palace. I don't know. Countries like that. There was always a palace. There's probably somebody probably was like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this thing. OK, because, you know, the Saudis are your friends, too. And he's probably like, yeah, it's fine. But now he's just got to be like, oh, my God, this now that people are finding out about this. I don't understand. I'm not going to criticize the murder as much, but yeah, the cover-up is really bad. You're not going to criticize no, the murder? No, it sounds pretty because, heinous. Because President Trump is criticizing how it was carried out. I'm not going to criticize how they did that. But thinking that you would get away with it, you know? The, I mean, it's it's on the level of, you know, the guy who owns the amusement park in Scooby-Doo, thinking that really, if he just pretends to be a ghost, everything's going to work out for him. Just like, okay, we're just going to, we bring the bone saw, we're going to take the guy out in, in pieces and, you know, some because duffel bags. Because I'm sure they have gotten away with it. You think this is the only guy that this has happened to? Yes. <laughs> because the Saudis are our friends, Tamara. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, the, uh, the crown prince... Um, I mean, this is a real opportunity for Americans to figure out for themselves. Are we more into democracy and truth and freedom of speech and freedom of the press? Or are we into cheaper oil? I mean, you do know the answer. We know the answer to that. But you would like the answer to be the opposite. I I understand that. I would like for people to, I don't know, maybe for a second or two struggle with it. I mean, you guys sound so... I mean, I'm not struggling with it. I I, I know how I feel. I know what my personal answer is. But I know what the American people's preference is. Elon Musk should abandon his damn tunnel that he's trying to open in the next month right now and put his money in resources into some sort of diverting our dependence on Saudi Arabian oil. But see, the technology, as I understand it, already exists. It's already available. It's more expensive because when oil and things are, you know, subsidized by the blood of journalists, then they they can't be competitive. And so then we stay in that in, in oil rather than expanding to Depending other on how much of a conspiracy theorist you are, there, there's uh, thinkings out thinkings. There are thoughts out there that, you know, there are designs for, you know, say this is this is more hypothetical. Let's say a car that runs on water, okay? And then, you know, obviously those were bought up and then the person who designed it, you know, dies in mysterious circumstances. You hear a lot of this stuff. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like, yeah, there probably is technology like I wonder how many more years before, you know, the first Prius was out. Well, could we have had that 20 years earlier? Let me ask you this. Yes. Serious question. If 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 we as a panel were going to decide, do you want um, the the Saudi Arabian government held accountable, or do you want to pay ten dollars a gallon from here on out? Which of those would you choose? Hmm. Well, this one is. Hmm. I, I mean, I might sit out on this one because I drive an electric car, but it you know the electricity prices would still rise. Yeah, and I mean, they figured out a, figure out a way to pass the cost on to you, the consumer. You know, I, I would say, but, uh, but so we're we're faced with you know, do we let? I mean, we're literally controlled by Saudi Arabia, right? We can't we can't stand up to them, can't say anything because of oil. So we we choose really democracy and principles and values, freedom, or oil. I mean, I think that we can, for a while, pay more, and then very quickly the rest of the technology available would become 
competitive and it would make economic sense for us to do wind and solar and all sorts of different kinds of alternative energies. It's not just one of them that's a solution. Kind of like how we used to um, preserve food in like with salt. Well, now we have canning and now we have refrigerators and now we have, and for better or worse, preservative. I mean, speak for yourself. There's, I just salt everything. There's different ways of doing it. So it's not just one solution. Mm-hmm. And I think the technology is available for it. And if we just give it a chance and suck it up and for a while pay more until those technologies become in into our infrastructure, you know, yeah. I would vote well, for because that. I, because what would happen is should... Uh, let's say in my scenario, Saudi, they, their government's held accountable. We lose whatever deal we've got, and our prices go up ten dollars a gallon. People are going to start using public transportation more, like they did five years ago when prices were just up like a dollar a gallon. Uh, and so then cities are going to have to start to tackle their, you know. Focus harder on their transit needs. Like yeah, I mean, here in Southern California, is, it got closer to five dollars than I've ever. Everything seen in my is life. such a complicated, you know, move from moving from dependence on fossil fuels into renewable energy is such a complicated issue that there's no way that there's one thing that you can do to make it happen overnight. But an extreme thing that I think could push that is the all of the consequences that would fall if we suddenly had to pay. $10 a gallon for well gas. I mean to that point if you go over to Europe and you'll see the the gasoline prices first of all they're in liters and second of all the prices are also in euros so it's more money for a smaller amount of gas and you realize that that's basically what they have and of course people have cars there and of course they use them smaller but cars smaller cars mm-hmm. but also you know it, taking the train is is much more a way of life and I'm not just speaking of you know like the tube in London you know I mean the commuter trains and uh, you know sort of the long tr- the long distance trip uh, is on the long distance train trip is more of a way of life. Uh, one more comment from our Scott Brown before we move on. Chelsea, America used to stand for something. We used to hold the Constitution up to other countries as an example of democracy and decency. Trump, that's President Trump to you, our Scott Brown, has reduced our nation to a border and a buck. So there you, you know, go. I would agree with that, but then I I would have to say that it isn't just Trump, and I it, mm-hmm. it's it's Obama, you know played into that too. He had arms deals with Saudi Arabia. It goes back a long time. So in all fairness to Trump, it's not just him, but he certainly uh, has an opportunity that I doubt he will take advantage of to hold up the Constitution and be an example of democracy. Do you think there'll be a constitution three years from now? Or is it going to be one of those things that we talk I about? Mean, like, if I mean, I'm afraid like to say yes, because I'm going to be like too optimistic. Coming. Uh, Serious revolutions coming. Them some fighting words. I, I I hope it's more of an evolution of consciousness that happens very quickly rather than like a revolution of like death and destruction. I think over we'll here see. we're half glass half full, half empty over mm-hmm. here. Yeah, and then I and then I just look at the glass and I go like that glass is going to break. So does it really matter what's in there? Uh, all right. So uh, we we talked a lot about that. Uh, let's talk about. Our friends in Russia. I remember when I was a kid, Russia wasn't our friend, but uh, apparently they are now. And uh, an interesting way to do that is President Trump wants to uh, basically tear up this like 30-year-old uh, nuclear arms treaty. And that's how you know that Trump's really getting comfortable in the job. You know, stuff that Reagan did. Now he's like, yeah, yeah, this, this is garbage. Obviously, I can do better than this. You know, I, can obviously you explain I'm better that, that one to me? Because as far as I understand, this just means... It, it it had to do with China, mm-hmm. 
and not having arms, nuclear arms, go to well, China. I didn't understand well, it very well. Is, I was hoping you could explain you, it to me. You know, it's not like a, a, a line item thing. You're throwing out the entire treaty. So now you have to sit down with Russia and renegotiate all of your whatever your arms dealings are and, you know, your – what we used to hear all about as as kids and we were terrified of the you know mutually assured destruction if we ever got into a nuclear war with the mighty Soviet Union who you know couldn't keep the lights on but we were still scared of them so uh i i think that it's less about what's actually going to happen by throwing out this treaty than it's more about the two people that would be involved with renegotiating a, a new treaty there would be Trump and Putin uh, or as President Trump calls him, the boss. Uh, <laughs> what do you think, uh, Tamara? I mean, not even worrying about the specifics of this. Not that the, not that they're not relevant, but it just seems like an opportunity for uh, you know, basically, if you're a Manchurian candidate fan, basically, it, it's an opportunity for uh, Putin to just basically turn over the White Queen, and then you know, now Trump's going to do exactly whatever he wants. So hmm. are you saying this is a calculated move? Like uh, I think Putin so. Putin wants yeah. Trump to yeah. throw out the nuclear... I, I think I think that this seems like something that would be important to Putin because you, you feel like this was a high priority for for Trump and Steve Bannon and, you know, Manafort, you know, all the people that have been, you know, that are going to do time, you know, all of them. I, I, I don't think that this was something that was like, hey, in the first two years in office, you really got to get to this. I miss I miss we we haven't gotten a check in from Robert Mueller lately. I I wonder where that's coming along as far as uh, I think he had. I think silence he, is a good sign. I think he had an appointment yeah. at the Turkish embassy to I, fill out some paperwork. So I, I hope he's okay. I mean I don't know. Actually. I know they subpoenaed uh, Roger Stone yesterday again. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know. I heard something yesterday. Um, that made me a little bit more optimistic about the Mueller investigation when that actually evidence is presented that we may get to the bottom of oh, this. Oh, I'd like Russia. to hear it because what I read was something like, don't be, don't get your hopes up, kids. Oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't that there was information that made me optimistic. It was that since we haven't really talked about it or it hasn't really been in the news lately, the fact that I was like, oh, yeah, that's still going on. It just made me think like, oh, maybe the after the midterms and we don't retake Congress and I'm going to be so upset. Like, what if there's just this, like, ray of hope in the distance of maybe maybe Mueller will just be this, like, ship on the horizon that will be coming in with some sort of... I don't know. Am I the only one that saw the articles that were like, people, don't get your hopes up? This yeah, is... I mean, this this sounds like, Tamara, on Halloween <sighs> night, you're going to be sitting out in the pumpkin patch yeah. waiting for Robert Mueller to show up. <laughs> And, uh, you know, by the way, Scott will certainly be there with you. I'll check you. I'm not going to sit out there, but I'll check in and be like, hey, how's it going? Have you seen him yet? Have you seen the great Mother Charlie Brown? Uh, just in case somebody needed me to explain what I was talking about. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. This is one of those things where you just, you know, you hear like, oh, they're renegotiating this, uh, con- this uh, treaty with uh, Russia. But, you know, don't really pay attention to that. Here's some other stuff that, uh, you know, and we talk a lot about that on the show. You know, the the sleight of hand. The, uh, the yeah, so this thing's going to happen. But uh, you know what? They're still, they're still near, kneeling at NFL games. And that's really the thing you should be angry about. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I think it's... I think it's a bigger deal than the amount of attention that's being paid to it. But, I agree. I think, I think the... Um what is it, the harbinger, the thing that we're supposed to be focused on right now yeah. is why the um, 
the 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 transgender um uh what is it definition called definition yeah going to well, be we just want to redefine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and out of the, the short of that, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, is that whatever you're born with your birth certificate, that's who you are until the day you die, and there's no changing. Yeah, that. that's, and they and they want to put federal like a set in stone like law on that, um, which is extremely. Next? We it, have to stick with the hair color that we were given at yeah. birth. <laughs> I mean, well. Um, yeah, I nobody, mean, nobody can wear glasses or contact lenses. Like braces we're just, are out. We're, yeah, we're just okay. Going to be so far, so far, I'm on board with all of this. I, I you know, especially <laughs> anyway, the hair color. Thing. The, the only reason I mentioned it is not not to dive into that issue because it is extremely important, and I don't want to diminish it in any way. But I feel like that's where everybody, at least amongst everything I've seen, that's where the focus has been this week. And I'm just saying, you are correct. I feel like the the nuclear treaty is something that we should be more focused on than we actually are. Well, one of the things I wanted to move on to before we started to run out of time is uh, something that we have touched on before. But again, this is something that seems to come up in the news. Uh, conveniently, now that we're less than a month from Election Day. I As mean, in like it, two weeks. It's like, what's it, today's Tuesday. Is it two weeks? It's two weeks from today, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we'll have an announcement next week as to uh, when you can find us on Election Night. We will be on that Tuesday, but at a special later time to be announced. That's right. You'll have to tune in next week to find out. But these are the sort of things that, you know, when you start to hear like, okay, well, we're, we're, the people might be swinging back our way. So let's frighten them with the migrant caravan of 5,000 people that are basically just, you know, do, doing like a, a walkabout. I contributed Mexico. to that, by the way. I'm one of the liberal snowflakes that put money in to finance those people. Coming up here in the caravan. Did you guys hear about that? No, That's I did. That, that somebody that, has to be paying yeah, for them. People Although, are paying for them. Wouldn't it make more sense if they were paid for by a Trump-aligned group to stoke fear? I mean, apparently one of the really great um, social media manipulations done during the election was images of immigrants jumping over the border. And that really got people fired up. Right. Those who are against immigration, and so why not translate that into real That's life and yeah. and pay people to come up here and look like they are about to invade us and cause this whole mm-hmm. uproar against uh, about that? I, I I don't know if that's well. I think if they're being funded, the... you know, I, whoever is funding these five thousand people is really being stingy with the money because they have to walk. Why haven't you sent a fleet of Greyhound buses there just to bring them to the Bird border scooters. faster? Yeah, that that too. I know? mean, I would join in the laughter of this, but no, I have I'm heard actually, so I'm, many I'm, stories I'm of what saying. it's actually like. They said today, didn't they? The caravan stopped today yeah. because there was an accident, and a lot of people, some people died I think from a. My understanding was that one person died, but maybe that's wrong. But uh, I missed it. What happened? Well, they 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 stopped. Everybody stopped moving to sort of honor someone who died, I guess, in an accident as, as they were moving their was way Was it on forward. the train? As the train, the, the bestia? I just is... saw the headline. Oh, okay. So, you know. I, we don't really do I in think depth it was a car. I think it was a van We accident. don't deal with depth here. I don't. Well, I don't. I don't do in depth, you know. Although, you know, to say that these people are hardened criminals, not babies, and then actually see real life babies and people No, those arms. babies are hardened criminals. I think you misunderstood. So they're not just babies, they're hardened criminal babies is what is what President Trump is trying to say. So 
No, we're he sort was of, saying if you don't believe yes. they're hardened criminals, you are a baby. Yeah, right? there was a lot of talk about babies this week, actually, and how President Trump is not a baby. And, and it's the 20th anniversary of baby one more time. Oh. Just to continue, baby. <laughs> I, I, and, baby and I think it was the 30th anniversary Pulling of when ba- headlines. baby Jessica fell down the well. Yeah. I saw that headline last week. So you see. Uh, but Tamara, so talk about not the, the headlines and the sens- sensationalization, which sounds like a word, of this story. Talk about sort of the reality, the way you understand it. You know, there are these people that are hey, fleeing. You know what? What's this is that? a great opportunity when Chelsea and I never got to talk about the fact that uh, uh, everything about what the, the United States' responsibility in, in the fact that these regions are are devastated and we are the reason that these people are, are moving up here right now. Mm-hmm. So... Well, then, yeah, I remember. I, I would love to say, I mean, this was months ago, right, that we were talking about this the last time something similar happened, and Tamara was very um, interested, and I loved it, to know what is it that has me and other people saying that this is the United States having to deal with the consequences of its own actions. So she dug around and did her homework, and I think, I don't want to put words in your mouth, saw what I was talking yeah, about. absolutely. I mean, we have... I, I, if we really wanted to resolve uh, the issue of illegal immigration, we uh, focusing on the border is, is neither here nor there, it seems like. Until we focus our resources into trying to help to rebuild the countries Central that American we destroyed, com- yeah, com- the economies that we destroyed, the, uh, the roads, the infrastructure that we destroyed. To keep, and to keep people from having to leave their home country. That's the only way that we're ever going to see any sort of real um, change. If we wanted to see change, we would help clean up the corruption and the uh, politics of other of other countries, which might be a little bit weird since ours are a little corrupt. Honestly, whoever our our president is, you know, whoever our president is, whoever's in charge of Congress, there's plenty of corruption, you know, in in D.C. I mean, you can point to some extra because of how many friends of the current president seem to be under indictment or in jail or, you know, doing plea bargains and whatnot. But as a foreign country, I don't know how you go, all right, well, Guatemala, Mexico, you guys have to now clean up your act. I know. Well, you you can certainly we, have a theory, but I don't know what they could actually actually do. But go ahead. I'm interested to know what you think they could do. Well, it may or may not have been effective, but there were countries in which we said we're not going to accept, we're not going to buy the clothing made uh, in basically slave factories. And we could do that for agriculture, too, that we can refuse to buy agriculture from countries that we know are are companies that are exploiting the workers. So that is one huge thing that we can... And then that goes back around to the corruption here in Washington because it's like, you know, whatever that company is, you know, just, you know, they know, well, here's a, here's a few senators that we need to sit down with to make sure that we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So... Uh, but really, it is a, one of the biggest reasons why the the United States has such an interest in controlling this region is because so much of our, our food comes from there. And like everything else, we want it to be cheap. Same with Saudi Arabia. We want our oil to be cheap. We want our food to be cheap. Um, and, and our drugs how, to be cheap. And that's how... Mm-hmm. 
Legal and illegal drugs, by the way. And that's how we contribute to making the lives of other people miserable and then wondering why the hell they're trying to escape where they are and and come here. And then for people here to act like, oh, my God, we are the victims of some coming invasion. We don't deserve this. Go deal with your own problems. It's just so infuriating the 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 this the level of ignorance is like i can't ignorance is like too nice of a word for some of these people saying this it's just over outright stupidity and a a refusal to study even the slightest bit of history i mean how difficult was it to see what kind of impact and what kind of things we've done in each central american country it is not that difficult to see it is the cia used to deny it don't deny it anymore so it, it just really, really, really ticks me off. And I'm trying to, when when people try and play this, oh, you know, this is not our problem. These people need to go back to their country, shut the door on them. They can deal with their own problems. Leave us alone. Well, to that point, our friend Storage Yard resident in the chat, as we're talking about this, uh, is saying something that I think a lot of Americans, you know, depending on which poll you look at, a little bit more than half or a little bit less than half, he's saying this is a perfect excuse for Build that wall. And that's the solution that I think a lot of people think there How is. How is that a solution? Well, the, the, the you know, the swarm that is coming, uh, not to compare humans to insects, uh, but that's what I just did. Uh, that, you know, I, what, don't, what, I don't think you can build the wall fast enough to actually stop it. But. I, I don't think you can build a wall effective enough. You have no idea what people will do when their very lives are at stake, when their children's lives are at stake. Anybody who believes that building a wall will do it just has no idea what what terror and desperation will do to people. It is an animal instinct to survive at all costs, and they will try anything in order to survive or give their children a chance at survival. And a wall, come on, people. A wall is just... They will go under it. They will go around it. They will find ways. It And, and it is just stupid. I mean, why not get to the root of the problem and help resolve the problem in the first place? Well, much like building the wall, you don't have time to resolve the problem if you do have these people that are moving. And at some point, hypothetically... Now is as good a time as ever. You know, 20 years was a better time to plant a tree and the second better, best time to do it is right now. Sure. But you're still not going to solve this problem that is, you know, really looming over an election. It's a great motivator to see that, like, hey, are you scared? Well, this is really scary. Look at these people. And then just the reality is, you know, it's a lot of hypotheticals in here. And to some degree, I'm playing devil's advocate. What do you do if this many? And this is that's why I'm keeping hypothetical. If 5,000 or 7,000 people show up at the border uh, you're not going to let them in at the actual crossings well, we because you wouldn't let anyone in at w- the crossings. Well, if they seek asylum, then they would go through the process that we as a country have signed on to, that we are a country that takes asylum seekers. But they have to do that from Mexico. They don't get to come here and you, seek asylum. You right? have to come over and, and, and ask. 
You don't get to. You can't stay there and ask for right. it. Right. Well, when you think about where the border crossings are, there are probably places where they might be a little bit more receptive to you. Like, do you do you want to cross he, into Texas? But here's or also Arizona? the problem: these people also don't have time to wait for the United States to come solve these problems because the situation has gotten so dire that they have no time to waste either. So. If, if you want to feel bad for the United States, like, well, what, what are we supposed to do? I mean, this is happening right now. S- ask yourself the same question about these people that are trying to get over here. What are they supposed to do? If they could stay, I promise you, 90% of them would stay. And, and may I ask storage yard resident what an illegal immigrant is taking away from him personally right now? And I'm, I assume it's going to be like, oh, my tax dollars are going to go feed this person and provide medical care and, you know. Well, uh, our Scott Brown, who's uh, getting multiple shout-outs tonight, says illegal immigrants come for work. Let's adopt the 80s-era Reagan drug policy position on illegal immigration and severely punish those who employ them. Let's punish those addicted to cheap labor. No demand for the cheap labor. No problem. I think... Uh, there's some there's a kernel in there that, that I yeah. can agree with. I mean, I think I, I still have a problem. Hold, hold accountable the 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 business because in doing that, that's the only way to put I, the worker who's just trying to better their lives should not be held accountable for just trying to better their life. But if we it's actually not even better their life, it's like save their own life. Yeah. I mean, this is the the reality of what's happening. But yes, yeah, sorry, I. Go ahead. But but to hold the actual, you know, business accountable for hiring illegal immigrants, if it is in fact taking jobs away from which American citizens, ninety percent of the time they're not. not. These jobs are sitting open with people not wanting to do them because they're gross, like working in animal slaughterhouses or agriculture, fruit, yeah. which is really difficult and back backbreaking work. work. So. Uh, so I, I guess that what we'll see with this issue is, well, how all in is President Trump going to go oh, to deal oh, with this? Yes. Tamara. Hold hold the business accountable the way that Bernie Sanders suggested in that if any of their illegal employees are on welfare, are getting uh, food subsidies or get on Medicare, that does not come out of the taxpayer pocket. It comes out of the business. the business's pocket. Yes. How excited are you that someone brought up Bernie and it wasn't you, Chelsea? <laughs> Pretty dang excited. <laughs> uh, so the idea that, you know, look, oh, this is coming and, you know, you only have two weeks to stop it from coming because if you vote Republican, it won't come. Ignore the fact that, you know, these are people who would take office in January or whatever. But do you think, again, hypothetical, if it comes to that, uh, like I do, that President Trump would – he would call in the, the National Guard basically to be like, no, you're not coming through. And, the, you know, the wall's not built. I don't care how much I have to spend in working in conjunction with Border Patrol. I, I feel like regardless of what those optics are – I think that he would do something along those lines. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, uh, you know, and just as horrific as people would think it is to see, you know, oh, my God, the, the you know, the, the 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 Border Patrol is, you know, with the National Guard. And, you know, a lot of times when they do that, they're like, oh, they're using rubber bullets. Well, just imagine being shot with a rubber bullet, though, and what that would feel like. And you just sort of would have these options. I think that if that happened... 
uh, Trump would be like, yep, this is what I told people I would give him. This this is mm-hmm. like this is a reelect Trump, you know, uh, campaign commercial. You know, I'm showing you that I'm keeping our border safe. Right. I, one of the scariest prospects of, of Trump as president and even with this, uh, you know, the text message that he sent us all is this like, you know, laying the foundation for him causing some sort of um, some crisis, uh, hopefully not on the order of 9-11, but something of of that sort that would, you know, scare people so much that they would rally around a strong leader to protect us. Um, and I think this is what he's doing here is that he is stoking the fears of people and then he is being their hero. I am the strong person that will save you from them. And so I think that you're absolutely right. And I'm horrified for what's probably going to happen to people. And and just pointing out the, the, the fears that he's able to stoke. Is that the word? Uh, yes. The, the, the people that are the most concerned are the ones that have very few they're not uh, the people who are living amongst illegal immigrants aren't the ones that are concerned about that like you know that there's no danger they're not criminals they're not any more than the rest of us are sure yeah i mean yeah to say that there are no illegal immigrants or whatever you want to refer to the group of course yeah i mean there's there might be criminals in this studio. I don't know. You know, I haven't. I haven't done a background I check on either of you. By the think way, think I sped on the way over here. Oh, that's right. You've been arrested. I so know. there you go. That's the answer that uh, I was looking for right there. Uh, so uh, definitely let us know if you're watching the archived version. And I don't. Know, I'm trying to have a very uh, even-handed conversation about something that uh, is going on in the world. I don't think I have invoked any hate speech at any point. I but don't if think I have, have, please let me know. Oh gosh, let's not invalidate that silliness. <laughs> Well, or validated. Or validated, yeah. thank you. We, or you're, I'm the you're, one being you're silly here, getting the wrong words. Invalidated. Yeah. Uh, so as uh, we deal with all of this two weeks ahead of the midterm elections, and uh, I hope Scott's able to join us next week because that that seven days out polling, you know, we could do a whole show on that. We'll just we'll, – the rest of us will sit back and say, hey, Scott, what are the latest numbers? And then before you know it, it'll be 50 minutes later. I'll be like, good night, everybody. Yep. But uh, – We will be schooled and we will be edumacated <laughs> uh, by the time he'd be done with us. President Trump's job approval has uh, reached an all-time high. And there are uh, higher levels of engagement. The interest in the midterm uh, seems to be very high. And something that I talked about a few weeks ago is this notion that people who saw Brett Kavanaugh get confirmed were like, oh, okay, well, then obviously that blue wave is going to be a tsunami because people are so upset by it. But you have to take into consideration the other side who saw what they believe was a good man who was had his family dragged through something terrible, and they are just as, if not more engaged. And I think, you know, more than more engaged than they were before. Absolutely, oh. yeah. I, and and they could be more engaged than you know the the blue wave. Feel some persecuted people, by the Me Too movement. Uh, they, you know, you can definitely say it as an aside like that, but. You know, you don't have to sniff around too far on Twitter to find people that, yeah, they do feel yeah. like, you know, so I know they exist. And I, I at this point, and again, if we had actual like hard data, then you know, Scott could really dive into some of it. Not that I can't read numbers, but I just don't understand them. But the idea of winning the Senate is, is now just like we're really just going to try and minimize our losses yeah. in the Senate. I feel like that's changed 
not in the last week, but in the last couple weeks. Uh, Tamara, do you feel like that's some some degree, you know, since we're speaking about waves, that's some degree of a sea change that... Uh, I have very we're... little hope that Dems are going to take over the Senate. I'm hoping, I, I still have a little bit of hope of on the House. But, sure. Um, I think, like, Beto's numbers are, are lower than Ted Cruz's. Claire McCaskill. within the margin of error. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> uh, the thing that makes the me uncomfortable that about it, on to. the thing that makes me uncomfortable about uh, this whole past two years is that should, if Democrats squeak by with a win, it's it's going to be by such a narrow margin that it's just like, is, is that all we can do? Like the state of the world is still in this place where everything yeah. is so narrow. Like I, it, it I've should, had to like battle with myself on that too like okay great we've got political engagement up that's really exciting that's like my motivation for you know like doing the show and talking about politics is like you don't have to agree with me but here out my side and just like get involved whatever you do and then i'm thinking to myself great if everybody gets involved and then we have this i mean i guess the status quo of right now that remains even after everybody gets involved i i i, I don't know how much Faith, loss of faith in, in humanity in the country I would have and how deep of a depression that that might cause because I, I guess in the back of my mind, always believed that when people really get engaged and when people really care and when they get yeah. really involved, then the the good side, the smarter side prevails. And if that if that doesn't happen, if engagement goes way up and what I believe Nothing to be really the smarter changes. side doesn't prevail. I'm just going to be at a total loss. Right. If engagement goes up and then it's, you know, a stronger majority in both houses, which, to be fair, the polling is not indicating that. But also uh, the polling was not indicating President Trump. So, uh, you know, yeah. I, I think people are very gun shy with First of all, believing polls, but what's being reported, I, I just wonder. That'd be interesting to actually have someone who is a, a pollster, you know, kind of explain what they're doing differently. And again, midterms are completely different than presidential election, but you have to be doing something different with your data than you were two years ago to, you know, have missed the mark that much. And I think that, you know, look, it. No result would surprise. Well, no, you know the result that would surprise me is that Democrats win the House and the Senate. I think that would surprise me a lot. But not picking up either wouldn't surprise me at this point. Yeah. Uh, because, like you said, the it's such a razor thin margin. You just need a little bit more engagement in each, you know, each state that you know. Look, there's a lot of states where you're like you could you could all stay home. We could probably just pick the winner in a few of those states. But you know. And some people would say, like, you know, well, Ted Cruz would be one of those people that, you know, sure, he's vulnerable, but then you go and, you know, run a guy who thinks he should skateboard onto the stage and, you know, you can be like, oh, but that's just one moment. What do moment. you mean? Oh, you didn't see that? No. He literally skateboarded onto the stage uh, at a, uh, is it Beto or Beto? I, I, Beto. Beto. Yeah, see. Uh, and uh, so I wouldn't Beto on him. Thank you. I'm not sorry. I really <laughs> should be, but I'm not. Uh, yeah, at a rally, he skateboarded on stage. And that, of course, immediately turned into the, what's up, kids? And, you know, he's just like, oh, okay, so... He had a punk rock band for the last yeah. 20 years. Like, that, I don't see that skateboard... Anybody who knows who Beto is shouldn't be surprised by him skateboarding. Now, if I skateboarded stage. in somewhere, then somebody yeah. would be like, okay, if, that's really, like, Ted gross Cruz and inauthentic. Did, I feel, if nothing else, that's pretty on brand for him. For, yeah, well, I mean, 
Ted Cruz, you know, flitted in as a bat and then he assumed his human form. We all know how that works. That's, but I'm just, you, you know, it's such an isolated incident, but that's actually all that matters anymore is you're able to be like, oh, you want to vote for that guy who uh, was pandering by riding a skateboard? And the thing you said... Is he pandering or is that well, just an expression he, of who he actually is? Well, if he did it all the time, sure, you know, but... You have uh, to do something all the time in order for it to be authentic I, I, to you? I, I think I it's know. just, a, it, it goes back to everything now. It does not matter what a candidate does. It does not matter how much Republicans in Texas hate Ted Cruz. It's like, that's my team. I'm sticking with my team. I hate Democrats. I'm not voting for this Beto guy, no matter how charismatic he may be or how smart. much his how smart he may be or how much his policies seem to be in line with my own personal best interests. But I know what my team is, and that's not my team. So and that's... I have very little faith that we're going to stray from this narrative anytime soon in this country. Yeah, I mean, I think in a, in a state like like Texas, I think it, that's not the place where somebody, you know, can you someone like Ted Cruz could actually, you know, be a senator for the next, well, I was going to say 40 years, but he's not, you know, 20 for sure. You know, it doesn't take much. You just have to say the things that people want to hear and be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he has our really, best interest. The skateboarding thing, is that any worse? I mean, I'd say it's far far more damaging than that should be the fact that Ted Cruz's wife complaining that his Senate salary isn't enough, that we're not going to buy a house anytime soon. She said that, you know. Of his right. $174,000 a year salary. Yeah. Right. Something like that. And then you have enough people in Texas who are like, yeah, that's not enough. Absolutely, one hundred and seventy-four thousand. We need living wages for senators. Yeah. You know, we should let's start a Kickstarter for not just Ted Cruz, but for everyone in the Senate. They don't; they clearly don't make enough. When you think about the kind of results that they have, uh, so I think the consensus is nobody's really optimistic that um, there's going to be. You know, you're not. You're basically there was a headline that I that I didn't send uh, to the two of you that I saw earlier that was. Well, let's manage our expectations on the blue wave is now uh, something that's being right. said, you know. And uh, the the point is made that it's not really a wave. It's just sort of like, just to overextend the metaphor, it's like big splashes in a few places is, is all that it really takes. Uh, but you can look at the map. And if you look at the map from 2016, and I wish we still had the one that Scott colored in on election night, but yeah. they wanted to throw it away. So I was just like, I'm not taking it home. Uh, anyway, it was too big to fit in my car. You weren't here that night, Tamara. You missed a fun one, by the way, uh, or the time. opposite of, of a fun one. Uh, but if we had that that map, the majority of those of what Scott colored in on election night, you're like, yeah, these are going to be the same, you know, and uh, it really like election it'll come down to like you know 10 states or something probably where you're like wondering you know who's vulnerable and who's not so uh we'll talk more about a lot of that next week uh i'll i'll bully scott into making sure that he's here uh but uh <laughs> that doesn't sound nice but you know really we need him yeah you know like I, look i'm sure you ladies understand numbers and stuff but i don't you know, Scott I'm, Scott is really good at putting the numbers into context yeah. of history. So that's what I, yeah, I mean, really it would be appreciate like, about his like, analysis. Well, 80% say this and uh, 15% say that and 5% say that. So mm -hmm. what do you think that means? I don't know. So, you know, that's why, yeah, he's... He would put it into historical context yeah. and you'd feel he so He would look smarter. into his crystal ball. Anyway, so yeah. uh, we'll uh, really delve into that next week. But as is always the problem here at the Trump Report, we are out of time. So uh, you'll have to tune in next week 
at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern, and at which time we will tell you when to find us on election night. I have a hunch as I, uh, that I know when it'll be, but we'll let you know next week. But until then, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. And I have my own personal private podcast. It's not private. It's my personal podcast. The podcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. Uh, we're having our 300th episode on Sunday, so follow me for a link to that. And Chelsea, where do people find you? At Chelsea Galicia. And Tamara. Hey Tamara underscore. And uh, as I said, uh, oh, and S-Man 80. He's not here, but he gets the plug anyway. Uh, thanks so much, and uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs> our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 